Hey everybody, welcome to another week of the Soccer Thread Podcast. I'm Dan Schrader, I'm in Portland, Oregon. Uh, terrible day, here's your weather update. It is it is nasty out there. Uh, not looking forward to my, my... Yeah, we got the Pineapple Express. Uh, <laughs> you guys... I don't know what you're talking I, about. I, I know about the Pineapple Express. Yeah, Mike. Embarrassing. You gotta... Embarrassing that Colin doesn't. You gotta know about your... Um, Atmospheric rivers. If you're living on the West Coast, yeah, I got go. no idea. I got no West Coast knowledge. <laughs> that East Coast bias. Uh, that's right. That's because Colin Smith is in Swampscott. That's right. Where we have uh, something like 15 inches of snow this week. Uh, been snowed in. Uh, auxiliary shed be looking a lot more like an igloo. The snow serving as insulation. Uh, but today I got out tobogganing with the family. I gotta say. Get yourself a toboggan. It is the best flex at the at the sledding hill to roll up with a an old school wooden toboggan. Uh, people give you a lot of looks, and you're just it's really uh, bringing a gun to a knife fight. It's it's really fun. Uh, is that was that a nor'easter that that came through there? Since we're on the uh... oh, yeah, yeah I'm not. I was gonna say I'm not. Uh, I'm not really sure what qualifies as a nor'easter. Again, my atmospheric weather conditions knowledge is is poor. Uh, it was windy. Uh, it snowed for 36 hours. I don't know. Uh, well, if you know what, what came in, write uh, weatheratmosphere-thread at gmail.com. <laughs> <laughs> That's our other podcast. Uh, who else is here? Ryan Palmer's in Portland. Yeah, I woke up at 6.15 to watch a uh, flaccid Spurs team, um, and I was really, really uh, upset. And just uh, angry, but I got a workout in right before the pod, so I'm in a much better mood. Get those endorphins flowing, everybody. Get those endorphins yep. flowing. Smart. Work it out. Smart fandom. Uh, Mike's, Mike Samuelson, I think, is in Minneapolis. I'm in Minneapolis. I'm in Studio B. This is going to be the last pod in Studio B. Uh, we got a, a studio move happening. Some of the equipment's already been moved to the new studio, so we'll see how this goes. I want to apologize in advance, Cliff. Uh, you know, things, things are a little hectic. The apartment looks like it was, uh, it was hit by some form of natural disaster. I don't know if it's a nor'easter, if it's a pineapple express, it could be something else, but it's, it's, uh, it's in a tough state right now. You know, I wouldn't worry too much. We didn't even get the pot out last week, even though we all recorded and had decent audio. So, you know, that's right. And, and what what a great pod that was, to be honest. I, yeah. It was one. It was great to great to do. I don't know how it's going to turn out, but it felt good yeah. while we were Hopefully talking. We can get that one out there this week. It'll, not, it'll be not a, a good, lot of people working, so we should be able to get it out. It'll be a good Christmas special. Yep. I uh, text or email at least on a chain with Mike, like literally every single day. Um, my wife's trying to get the Christmas cards out, so messaged Mike's wife in like I think three uh, Instagram DMs knows more about Mike's life than I do uh, <laughs> just by being in touch with Mike's wife instead of I, being in touch with Mike. Yeah, I was going to, I was going to call you out, Dan, that your wife didn't know about the, uh, this, the, uh, studio move. I was just maybe wonder if you actually talked to your wife about me at all. It sounds like no, uh, <laughs> hide Mike from your wife. Definitely hide Mike from your wife. <laughs> yeah. 
She was like, do you know they're moving? I was like, yeah. She's like, have you seen pictures? And I was like, I don't know, some. She's like, I've got 27 if you want to see. <laughs> I mean, I'm sure she had the exact same link that I put on the thread text that apparently you just didn't prioritize. And that's fine. I, it doesn't upset me at all. I love that. She knows when you're moving. She knows, you know, how close you are. She's got the new address, which was the key point. She, yep. Uh, I think we have a Zoom meeting maybe set up, that, you know, just <laughs> oh, to hang out. That's, which is That's a, news yeah. to me, actually. Yeah. Sounds funny. I, uh, I love. We're gonna talk about the Bachelor. I love that she had to ask if you knew if they were moving or not. That that's that's means... a valid question. <laughs> did Did you know they were moving? I would have loved if you were like, "Wait, what?" <laughs> <laughs> Wait, yep. so Mike's uh... married. Who's this wife that you keep talking about? <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Uh, that provided so much joy for me this week because that like three DMs got more information about Mike's life than I get on a constant stream of Look, I, of open communication. Yeah, not as not as many Twitter links though. All not you have to do Twitter is ask. Links. That's true. All you have to do is ask, baby. I'm an open book. Mike, that's not true. Mike, yeah, that's what they say about Mike. Yeah, Mike lives his life on a constant chinchilla. That's that's really what it is. <laughs> oh man! All right. Uh, we got a lot of emails. We should probably get there, Mike. Oh, my God. Yeah, a lot of emails. Um, all right, first one is from Spencer. We got kind of a doubleheader that we're going to take out once. It's about VAR from last week's Liverpool game. Uh, Liverpool versus, we think, Fulham, but, I mean, it was honestly, it was such a long time ago. Brains, memory, it's all, you know, it's all subject. Palmer and Ryan and uh, Colin can talk more about brains and memory at some point. But, uh, I mean, wh- how, how much do we want to get into VAR here, guys? We've talked about VAR before. I don't know. Tune uh, into zero, one of our 100 yeah. pods. Yeah. I, I don't want to talk about VAR at all. All right. Do you want to talk about anything else related to this gamer email? I mean, it's basically about VAR. So if you don't want to talk about VAR, it's going to be a pretty quick, well, he says well, no, quick email. Who is the luckiest team that yeah. gets seemingly the, gets the most help from refs? I think uh, five or 10 years ago, we would have said Manchester United, hands down. That was an easy call. Right, uh, Fergie time, everything like that. Um, but now, is is there a team out there right now, Ryan Palmer, that you feel like is getting a, uh, a lot of a lot of love? I don't know. I mean, I feel like that there. I feel there's always like five thirty eight always does like uh, luck lucky index or goals mm-hmm. or yeah. luck index and like points lost versus points gained off off of lucky things, unlucky. I don't know. I mean, um, I guess. The luck doesn't really with VAR. It, it's not luck, right? It's more just like um, how, yeah. like how deeply do you want to like zoom into the minutia of like where right, yeah. the guy's hand is and stuff like that. But like, like when you can't know. tell because you're like doing a pixel versus a pixel, whatever. Like they got to flip a coin and make a decision one way or the other, and like. You know, yeah, it's just I mean, a ref I, flipping a coin in his head, and he says mm, that goes to Liverpool, not Fulham. Like. Yeah, that's, that's basically, fair. I mean, I that's guess you I would. Like I guess you could. Then I would say that the big six clubs are going to be the most lucky, be just because of whatever uh, bias, confirmation bias. Um, they're going to look at the lower level teams that are going to not be as talented, and they're going to foul. And so something that might not be a foul but looks like a foul uh, in slow motion, it's going to go towards. Um, you know the teams that are club. The, the yeah the the bigger club or or go for the bigger clubs and go against the smaller ones. So word. 
This is why on the Lost Pod, I called for uh, getting rid of injury time. It's because you can at least take that part of it away from the bias of the referees uh, and just, you know, make make the clock harder set. And yeah. um, it doesn't deal with VAR, but it deals with the injury time, the Fergie time part of it. Yeah. 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 I agree. I've, and I do feel like Spencer's kind of insinuating here that he thinks Liverpool is a lucky team in this way or gets the calls. And I do feel like that is true. I'm an Everton fan. I realize I'm biased, but I do feel like in the Klopp era, they've um, become a, a team that gets the breaks. And I think no manager is more vocal about refs right now than Klopp. At least no manager gets more coverage of what he says uh, about refs. And so I think that also at least plays into my thoughts of like which team gets uh, gets the most breaks from refs and whatnot. Yeah. Um, Colin, you also had a comment here. So Spencer says... At the end of this, honestly, these decisions are honestly, these are the decisions that remind me why I hate refs. Colin, you very thoughtfully said, Do we hate refs? It's a tough job. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> I had to put that out there. That being said, like out of the four of us, I, well, first of all, I don't know if the rest of you ever refed at all. I did for a very brief, maybe like two years before, yeah. in high school. It's And, it sucks. But also, I would wager that I have abused refs the worst out of the four of us. <laughs> Probably. Um, I'm the, the worst human, basically. I believe um, it. Yeah. And, you know, that's not something I'm necessarily proud of. I definitely, there are definitely refs who have, like, refed me multiple times where I'm like, just like, this guy, I can't stand him. Do, he is terrible. Do you have, like, particular moments that you regret, like things you've said to refs that you want to air right now? <laughs> no, not that I can remember. I wish I had. I know, like, I know it's particular... not Yom Kippur, but still. Yeah, <laughs> I wish I had ones. That I, I think I, I wish that I had said things that were uh, memorable enough, or like uh, good enough burns that I was like, "Oh, you got to hear this one I said to this one ref." <laughs> um, but no, I mean, I'm just complaining, just like anybody. Uh, but there are definitely refs that I would say, "Yeah, okay, this guy was." Um, uh, you know, would make bad decisions and then be very really smug about it or like wouldn't talk to you about it or something like that. Yeah. But I feel like there are plenty of refs who are just bad. And and in retrospect, I'm just like, oh, you were just bad at your job, but like, whatever, I was bad at soccer. So I can't really get mad at you for that. Um, but at the time, uh, you know, I took too seriously. But anyway, uh, so that's why I think um, as a fan, because you don't really have an interaction with that ref, He's just doing the job the best he can, and some of them are good and some of them are bad. Uh, you're mad at the ref for being bad at his job, but like, do you really get mad at a, a player if you're like a neutral and you're just watching and, and you're like Christian Benteke like fluffs a chance? Are you like, oh, I hate Christian Benteke? I mean, making soccer not if you're worse. neutral, but if it's your team, you probably do. Yeah, yeah that's probably true. And, and I often do think when, you know, I think this most about crosses when a guy has the ball on the wing without pressure and he just shanks across either behind the touchline or just isn't even close to a player. And I just think way over everybody. How yeah. is it possible? Like we know professional players are incredible and yet how is it possible for them to be so bad in those kind of instances? Mm -hmm. Like there, you know, there's a lot of like kind of bang, bang, you know, finishes that don't happen where you're like, ah, you know, he just couldn't get his feet under him or whatever. But, um, as a neutral, there are definitely go wrong. Yeah. There are definitely times where I'm just like, how can you be that off? When NFL wide receivers drop passes, that's the one for me. I'm just like, yeah. you're so good. You're so amazing. And you just 
didn't catch that? Like it's catching a football. You're paid, you're paid so much money to just catch that. They're humans. Yeah. They're fallible. This is the whole point. This is, what, <laughs> yeah, this yeah, is the whole the thing point. about refs. Yeah, I don't right? hate them, Ryan. It's just it, it puzzles me. Yeah, I mean, you, have you had a bad day at work? Like, you were a professional. Every, like, literally like, every day. Every day is a yeah. bad day. Right? <laughs> well, I, I want, I, I'm like, had a I've good been, day at work? Yeah, I, I come home from work. Come home from work. But I, uh, you know, I'll, I'll, <laughs> have to close I'll, the end, laptop. I'll end the day and be like, you've done this for 12 years. How are you so bad at this? Right? But... <laughs> You know? Did you get drafted in the first round, though? That's my question. Like, if you were a first-round draft pick, and then you've been this much of a bust of a teacher, then, you know. I love the thought of of students, like, they're looking at their, like, they're, they're texting yeah. texting each other, being like, how is how is our I teacher was, so bad right now? I was told he was <laughs> good. paid to do this. I was told he was good. Everyone said he was good. How is this He's so bad? He's a 4.7 on RateMyTeacher.com. <laughs> Uh, All right, we point, gotta move on. We've got like eighty-four is, emails left. Yeah, he's taught at big schools. How is he? <laughs> how did he come through their academy? Listen, I will. I will say this for refs: it's a hard job. But when so you hard. make so when you have guys like uh, what's his name? Um, God damn it, uh, Mike Dean. Our, Mike Dean. When you have guys like him or uh, Plattenberg, Plattenberg that Ooh, like make it about themselves and then they make really bad mistakes, then it's annoying. But if you're just a referee that like just goes about your business and does your, does your job, right? Yeah. Like, yeah. Um, then I think that you maybe you're a little bit more, um, I guess, less hateable. Yeah, less hateable. Yeah. 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 Also, we should be doing like rugby. Mic these guys up, yeah. and girls, so that we can hear. Because I think part of the reason it's easy to hate them is because they're not humans. They're just like yeah. these quiet totally. things. They're not. They don't get to talk after the game. Yeah. They don't get to explain their decisions. We don't get to hear how terribly they're treated by the players. Yep. Like we know, but we don't hear it. Con- like put a mic on them, and I think everybody a it'd be great entertainment, and b would like have a lot more love for the refs and what they deal yep. with and how hard it is and what they're thinking. Like, yeah. do it. Why? Why aren't they doing this? Would make great yep. television. And this entire this podcast exists because soccer exists because television companies pay billions of dollars for the rights. It would be great television. Why is Sky Sports not like? No, we're putting mics yeah. on everybody this year. It's gotta be. It's gotta be the like the referee union or whoever is in charge. It's, it's gotta like be like, yeah. on police. Yeah. we're not gonna do this. But they. <laughs> wow, Just, you're trying wow. to make refs more likable, and you're saying that. All right, we're moving on. We're moving on. <laughs> I'm uh, saying the fourth official. We Colin, just had a fourth official who Colin, racially abused a, a, mo- a manager last week. Yeah. All right, next emo is from Ryan Donnelly. Uh, this is some more, you know, at, out of context because we talked about this on the on the Lost Pod a little bit, but we'll talk about it some more. It's good stuff. There's there's some new thoughts I have. Um, so he's <laughs> some rule changes that that Ryan wants to see is all yellow cards result in a five minute uh, power play. Red cards are a fifteen minute power play. Um, wow. So you know, I think we we talked about the yellow card five minute power play last week. Assuming at some point we're gonna get the lost pot out. I don't think we need to cover that. I do think the idea of red cards being a 15 minute power play and not a straight dismissal is, is fascinating. Mm-hmm. Ryan brings up that you could have, you know, goons basically who just go out there, uh, commit like a really bad foul and, uh, you know, oh. they're out for 15 minutes, Break but like leg and then, yeah, which, which I, I'm not sure. I'm not sure how I feel about all that. Ryan, I mean, we're, we're this close to turning into, 
hockey where we can there they can drop the gloves and fight from here on out. It's just like go send a message, go punch this guy in the face. Like <laughs> it's dangerous. This is a dangerous Except game. Soccer, it'd be like go lightly headbutt this guy. Yeah, yeah. rub your go forehead press against your his forehead, forehead into his forehead until he falls down. Yeah. Uh, uh, well, maybe we'll talk about it later. But did you see? Uh, Ochoa. Ochoa's flopping yeah. oh, boy. Uh, yesterday in the Champions League. Terrible. Yeah. Terrible. Yeah. Yep. I mean, that's that's one where it feels like a fifth, speaking of lightly. Yeah, exactly. A fifteen-minute penalty is is probably more appropriate than a dismissal. Yep. Yep. But would love uh, to see it, it, them have to put put a field player in goal for fifteen minutes. Yeah. <laughs> that would be just so fun. So fun. Oh, Great way to deal would, with that situation. That would be so good. Yep. All right. Well, uh, you know. Listen to last week's pod, which hasn't been released yet. And, you know, maybe will never be released, but we, we feel confident it will be at some point. And we get, we'll get into this more. There. Great job, Revs fan, having the same idea as us, by the way. We love that. Yep. 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 Uh, all right. Next email is from Pedro. He says, uh, my creativity in questions are low, but I found this beautiful Twitter thread, uh, which is I'll just I'll just read off. Uh, the first tweet in this thread. Maybe we'll retweet it or something if people want to look at it. Some random guy says, what's the worst food you've had at a football match? Here's mine. And then shout out to, you know, nine-year-old Colin. It's a foot-long sausage uh, with no condiments on it. Uh, I'd also say that the bun for the sausage is maybe 14 inches. So it's It's like... It's a yard-long sausage. Yeah, sorry, yard-long sausage. Uh, and the bun is like maybe covering a third of it, maybe a little bit more. So there's just a lot of, a lot of sausage that's just, just out there. Um, and then Pedro wants to know what is the worst food that we've ever had at a soccer match? I think we're all going to have the same answer. So who wants to give it? <laughs> yeah. I'm going to let Dan take this one. Yeah, Dan. Look, we were on Threadcation. It was Christmas time, 2012. Yeah, I think yep. that's correct. Yep, eight years ago, yep. uh, we went to Tranmere Rovers ground, Pretton Park. We walked there. Did we walk all the way from where we were staying? No, we took no, a we train. Took a train. Took a train. It was train, across baby. the Mersey, under the river. That's right. Uh, I was very hungry when we got there, and um, I thought that one hamburger would not do it, so I needed two hamburgers, uh, and I got two hamburgers. And got about a quarter of the way through the first one and just wasn't hungry anymore. That was not a good hamburger. Uh, But I had the second one just under. I had them layered. Second hamburger as a plate for the first hamburger. Um, Just just couldn't get through it. It was not a good hamburger. It was probably mostly horse meat. That's what they do in the Merseyside. It was Um, was like grainy, if I remember correctly. The hamburgers hamburgers there were awful. The consistency is not correct. It's just not correct. No, it's not right. We're in the supporter section, and the people at Prenton Park looked at me like I was bonkers. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Insane. Which, which to me, I mean, you know, using a plate, a hamburger as a plate, it's innovative. (laughs) I wouldn't say it's bonkers, but I think they were looking at me like that because they knew how bad their home hamburgers were. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, And they thought, this guy, what's he doing in the supporter section? He's not from here. (laughs) He's not from here. He's got two of them. Yeah. yeah, yeah, that's just a massive mistake. You, you've he's, never eaten one of them before if you've bought two of them. He's not from here, that's and he right. doesn't look like he's from Scunthorpe either. 
<laughs> He's a third party fan. Yep. It's it's yep. it's always shocking when you take a food like a hamburger, which is really hard to mess up. I would say to get to a level that low, oh, and was, and they, they found so a bad. way. They were like mealy. It was bad. It was oh, those were bad. Are there and this and this is our trip where we uh, ate happily ate pies that came individually wrapped in plastic. Mm-hmm. Uh, oh, there's a lot rounds. of garbage eaten on this trip. So I mean, like we and we enjoyed those pies that were heated up in the microwave uh, in a plastic wrap. So uncooked calzones. Oh were god, <laughs> those were terrible. <laughs> oh god, that was. Uh, quite possibly the worst meal of my life. Oh, I gotta start drinking now. Oh, Jesus. Calzones with Campbell's soup in the middle, I think. Jesus. That. Yeah, that's what that Man, was. Fuck that guy. The food the food in Liverpool is is, is not the best part of Liverpool. Very oh. questionable. Yeah. Is, are there are there any other foods that you've had at uh at sporting events that are honorable mention for the worst worst food you've ever eaten? I honestly couldn't think of anything beyond on the horse meat i generally like stadium food yeah like it's gross but so good yeah. stadium nachos can't go wrong with stadium mm-hmm. nachos um yep. my i don't know why you're slandering this uh uh hot dog with no Giant. condiments i mean my wife that's a, went, that's a personal that choice is, yeah i'm not slandering go, I'm, I'm, simply dis- I'm simply describing a visual element in an audio format all right Okay, my bad. You're right. You're right. But I'm my wife's go-to is usually it's it's never one hot dog. It's two, and it's no condiments, just straight to the dome. Uh, the like, the kind of soggier the uh the bun, the better. Like it's almost as if she's eating a it's a hot dog eating contest. Yeah, I was gonna um, say she dips it in water. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Did you guys look at the rest of this thread? Yeah, it's not no. good. There's there's some stuff that's very questionable, whether it's food or if it's photoshopped or if somebody decided to take some very disgusting photos. Uh, there's some bad looking food. Stevenage Away apparently is like well known as the worst because a lot of these pictures are are blamed on Stevenage Away. <laughs> <laughs> that's Sounds hilarious. About right. Sounds about right. All right. Uh, next email is from George. He says a very short email. Um, I think Holler's bicycle kick should make the run order. Colin, do you think it should make the run order? No. All right. (laughs) I'll give a shout out. Those goals were nasty. That was nice. (laughs) Yeah. I'm just giving, giving George shit here. I mean, yeah, it was a great goal. What do you want? I think he wants us to talk about it for 10 minutes. That's it. That's all. West Ham top half. Way to go. Yeah. Yeah. West Ham having good season for West Ham for sure. Savor these moments. You don't need us to, you know, uh, I can't think of the word, but just, you know, you don't, you don't need, you don't don't need us. I I did see this week. uh, West Ham's all is like all time. Best finish in the premier league is fifth, which kind of surprised me that they've never had a a season where they kind of put it together and got top four. um, Given that they're kind of like, we think of them as maybe a top half team. You'd think their mm-hmm. their peak was was higher than that. But their best f- finish is the one under Billich with uh, Dimitri Payet in fifth, which is not that long ago, right? Like yeah. four years ago, maybe. So, um, yeah, it kind of feels like they are trending upward. And maybe this isn't their year for fourth, but maybe they're putting it together. Maybe Moyes is the one to take them there. He's yeah. taken Everton to the top four, so who knows? I mean, we 
say this often enough, but those types of stats just arbitrarily decide that the f- f- the top flight started in when the Premier League was born in yeah. ninety. Yeah. yeah, exactly. So uh, West Ham, I'm sure, has done better than that in their history. But right. um, similarly, I think it was this week that there was a stat that said. Arsenal have now played an equal number of home games at the Emirates as they did at Highbury, uh, at Highbury, yeah. which is like uh, kind of interesting, but also like Highbury was around for a long time before yeah, 1992. Before really, yeah. Like right. it's not, that's not exactly the point. Yeah. So yeah, anyway, yeah, same thing. It's a little right? silly. Like Premier League, all time Premier League stats are silly for sure. Can I get in my favorite Arsenal stat of the week though? Absolutely. They're going down. It- as long as it's a, a stat that makes them look bad, which shouldn't be too yeah. difficult. So in the last seven games, they're winless in their last seven games in which they are still uh, have scored as many own goals as goals on the right end. <laughs> that is amazing. Yeah. Which was true good. going into the Everton game and they kept it up, which is just fucking phenomenal. Like To keep that going week after week is just... It's dedication. You know, it's beautiful. It's beautiful. It, it speaks to a commitment, you know, across the club. It's bigger than a single player. Uh, all right, next email. Another one from Ryan. Um, so he sends us a link of a uh, Jose Mourinho press conference, which I have to admit I just watched. And it's basically Mourinho. I didn't watch the whole thing. I watched maybe 20 seconds. It's basically Mourinho just listing off players at Liverpool who are supposedly injured and just saying these players are not injured. Allison is not injured. Trent Alexander-Arnold is not injured. Matip, not injured. Um, <laughs> What's the context for this? I was think it was just saying that they were all injured to try to play mind games about what the starting lineup was going to be or something like that? Who knows? I mean, I think Klopp has been complaining a lot about, you know, lack of subs and how that's leading to all those players getting injured. And, you know, as we mentioned, Klopp, everything Klopp okay. says gets a lot of, lot of run in the media. Um, but, God, it was just, just beautiful stuff from Mourinho. And then Ryan wants to know, what is it about American sports that we've created a culture where coaches don't speak how they truly feel? Why can't we get coaches calling out others as the example below, which is brilliant? And I, don't, I mean, I don't think I don't think that this is. I think Mourinho is like uh, unique in that he does this shit. Like I think other British uh, coaches don't. They don't do this, and I, I think American sports they definitely don't do this. But like. Um, Mourinho does this all the time. This is his shtick. Like this is his. He even says, Ryan even says this is WWE cheesy. Like, Mourinho is a heel. (laughs) And that is, like, this is the role that he plays. I don't, you know, Klopp doesn't really do this either. I think, like, he was kind of, they tried to bait him into doing this at the end of the Liverpool game when Mourinho moronically said that the better team uh, lost, which is so stupid. (laughs) Um, And they tried to get Klopp's, thoughts on this and they they asked Mourinho what did you say to Klopp at the end of this game and Mourinho answered and said I told him that the better team lost and they asked Klopp after what did Mourinho say to you uh and he's like I'm sure I'm sure I'm sure Jose told you so I don't need to repeat it right mm-hmm. so like he's Klopp is doing like is like being uh political about this and Mourinho's just being the heel like this is this is what he does. So I don't. Th- I think that this is unique to Mourinho and not necessarily like uh, right. a, a British thing. Counterpoint: It only it, you do it when you're a losing manager, right? Or when you want to deflect from your players. Klopp said, 
made this huge big deal was two weeks ago about the number of subs, right? And we talked about it and we yeah. said, oh, it's five, three and Chris Wilder. And he called out Chris Wilder and this whole thing. You know how many subs he used versus Spurs? Zero. He used zero subs. He made a big fucking deal about only getting three subs. He wants five, blah, blah. He used zero. Yeah. Like he doesn't, he's just saying what he needs to say. Like right. it's not real for him either. It's, it's Cliff, splice in that song, will... say what you need to say. <laughs> so yeah I, it's just it's yeah i mean i it's think that just they're whoever definitely wants to take the heat off their players sure i mean they're definitely better at like drumming up drama but like you every once in a while you get a good kind of like iconic press conference in american sports you know you have uh they are who we thought they were you have yeah. uh, i'm a man i'm 40 yeah i'm yeah. a man yeah. i'm 40 but, hello you play to win the game playoffs <laughs> I do. Practice. I do think yeah. that in American mm-hmm. sports, you see less bagging on other coaches. And my sure. theory on that is that to get to a head coaching position in sports, you in in U.S. sports, you ha- typically have to have been involved in that league for a long time, whether as a player or a coach or both. Whereas, like, you can be Mourinho and just kind of parachute into Chelsea with really no connection to like English football. Yeah, and so you're maybe like less concerned about offending guys because you don't know them as much or whatever. Yeah, like you haven't Jurgen worked Klopp with them. Doesn't you're... give a shit about Chris Wilder. Right, right. Yeah. So that's that's my one theory. I don't know if it's true, but I like it. Yeah, that's fair. I mean, there's like a revolving door of uh, English guys. English guys, maybe, but these guys who are from other countries are like sure. whatever. Yeah. Yep. That makes sense. Yep. All right. Next email from uh, Burst. This is a multi-parter. So we're going to take it, you know, bit by bit. Uh, So it starts with a proposed rule change. His change that he'd like to see is to allow any kind of throw-in instead of the current throw-ins. So you can do, I guess, one-handed throw-ins. You can have, you know, as many feet off the ground as you want. Uh, He just likes the idea of being able to chuck the ball in more ways than you currently can. I was thinking about this this weekend. I think it would be great. Can we or make just, them direct too? Can you throw it into the goal? Uh, sure. Or just like, or just get the ball into play however you would like. Could be kick in. You know what would be, be fun? In. What if, what if instead of corner kicks, we just had throw ins from wherever the ball went out on the end line? Oh, so if a ball gets deflected, like if a if a keeper like tips a, a ball around the just post, tips it wide. You have a throw in from like from a yard out. <laughs> Oh yeah, if it goes behind, over, goal, it goes yeah, over so you gotta good. go behind. Yeah, you're just gonna like the basketball throw it like over the top and over drop the back it. Or, yeah. <laughs> yep, yep. You could have so many like fun pick plays. Oh my god. I think Burr says he thinks increasing set play scoring would be great. I uh, kind of disagree. I don't love a set piece goal. Yeah. They're important, so I understand that. But like. I would really much prefer to see more open play goals because those are way better. Yeah, can we get this rule? But uh, so like you can throw it in from anywhere, anyhow, whatever. But as soon as it goes out, you have say five seconds to get it in, mm. and then it's the other team's ball. Yeah. So otherwise, it's turnover. Yeah. So you gotta like it goes over. You gotta run and get get behind the goal and you know throw that thing back over. And your striker should be sitting there boxing out the whole time. Yeah, that ball's coming right you're, right in. You're really reliant on the ball boys in this situation, though. There's a lot of tomfoolery that would happen for like away teams. <laughs> Eden Hazard absolutely <laughs> kicking all the ball ball boys. <laughs> I like I like it. I think it needs to somehow be workshop to account for the ball the ball boys. Yep. But right, this, fair, this fair. is a great idea. 
any other thoughts on Burge's idea or just, you know, throw-ins at large? I like the idea. I just don't think set-piece goals is what I'm looking for when I turn yeah. on the game. Yeah. Shenanigans, yeah. though. Shenanigans. Shit. I'm looking for. I'm lo- I am looking for shenanigans. shenanigans. I feel like shenanigans. If we were to chart shenanigans over time, it feels like they've been going down. We need to get them back up. <laughs> um, all right, Burge's next point. I love this uh, proposed Champions League format. He says, uh, "Well, I know this would never happen because you'd lose too much TV opportunities. I think a true 32 team double elimination tournament would be awesome. Yes, it would. It would be so great." <laughs> Uh, Burge points to like summer baseball tournaments, which is exactly what I thought of as well. Uh, I definitely played in some summer baseball double elimination tournaments. All right. So I guess, first of all, does anyone not like this idea? All right. Crickets. Everyone loves it. So how do we, how do we make it work in, in, you know, the, the TV context, the bubble, like that's how you need it. Like all those type of tournaments are like at a single venue or, I mean, I guess that you could you could also run this kind of like uh, two stadiums in the same city or like whatever, fifteen minutes away kind of thing. But you need everybody there so that when you get your the result of one match determines the who you play in the next one. So you don't want to have um, teams that I can't figure out where they're going to be. Um, so if you're all in the same place, it takes away that excuse. So like, make it made for TV. Set up uh, some stadium somewhere with like just amazing cameras and microphones and like make it the best TV products you could have ever imagined. Like I want like 10 of those Fox um, cameras on the, uh, on the string die cams or whatever. I want yeah. tons of, the, I want drone cameras. I want everything. And then like give us non-union this, refs, mic them up. Yeah. Non-union yeah. refs. <laughs> <laughs> give us, give us like just, everything you can pour all the resources into making an amazing TV product so that you don't have to worry about the fact there's no fans in the stands. I think, I think I feel like, go ahead, Dan. Uh, I I think I agree. And my point was going to be that it has to be a new competition. So this has to be like a competition, basically purely driven by some TV company. It has to be money driven. Right. And this is like, like tennis does this. Yeah. Tennis has these like silly little, competitions all the time where they're playing like mixed doubles and it's just like to drive a little bit of entertainment and they have goofy rules and they're like swat tagging in and out and stuff like Team tennis baby the idea of just just playing sports to like generate money and not because it's under the purview of some fifa regulation it, like that exists Let, let's do it it'd be awesome yeah. and I, these clubs all want money they'll do it if the if the cash <laughs> is right i, I think burge's point also though was that like the Champions League right now, because you have the group stage, you just have a lot more games on TV, a lot more money. And if you did a 32-team double elimination, you'd have fewer games. So, I mean, the easiest way to solve that is do, like, triple elimination or something to add more games or just add more teams. But there's there's ways around it. We can we can figure it out. But this is this is brilliant. Love a, love a double elimination. All right. Next item from Burge is USMNT Summer 20 one strategy so we kind of mentioned this on the lost pod there's a lot of uh soccer coming up for the men's national team there's world cup qualifying in the fall there's the gold cup there's uh concacaf nations league and so burge is excited he's i'd say particularly excited about the olympics he wants us to take the strongest possible team to that tournament 
Uh, and he says, that means any of our stars who are age-eligible, Pulisic, McKenney, Dest, etc., should be part of the Olympic roster and skip the 2021 Gold Cup. I would also use my age-exempted players to bring guys who might actually contribute to 2026 as well. He says, Morris, Miazga, Brooks. Um, what do you guys do, do? You guys like the strategy of of like putting in all the chips in the Olympics versus like a Gold Cup or other things that are happening next year? I, I mean, I, I would love to see us win a Gold Cup or a, a, an Olympic medal. Like that would be incredible, and. I don't know why it, we're not, you know, I think you don't bring those big guys in the name of developing young guys, but we've not seen success at that level. So why not get these guys uh, success at, at, a, at a big tournament, um, win, possibly win um, a big tournament and, and take that kind of confidence a la Mexico Um you know, as they as they did now, right? They, um, so I I th- I love this idea. But. Yeah, I think the fields for both of these tournaments are kind of like uneven, right? Like some Olympic rosters will be strong um, because those countries will have strong, like like the U.S. does right now, has like a strong base of players who will be age el- eligible, right? Um, and then other places won't, and they won't take it seriously, or that it's just like running out their kids, and and the U.S. should smoke them. Um, but that's what you see in the Gold Cup anyway, right? Like, right. is that most of the teams will smoke most of the teams and then others will be strong. So it doesn't, like, from a competitive balance standpoint or, like, what's it better to get these guys better games some kind of standpoint? Like, I don't think it matters, right? Um, so, yeah, for me, the more exciting title or, like, to do well in would certainly be the Olympics. So let's let's do it. The one thing I would maybe disagree with is, like, anybody who's eligible should play kind of thing. It's like, if guys are at all hurt or need some time off or whatever, they shouldn't play in either. Like neither of these are huge for us. And mm-hmm. and I would rather have these guys healthy playing with their, you know, in, in the coming season, like whatever world cup qualifiers are more important than either of these. So, you know, I wouldn't push that hard for it, but yeah, I'd, I'd play the first team at the Olympics and then the second team at the gold cup. Yeah. I think also the Olympics are not necessarily a FIFA date which could make getting some of these big guys released tricky. But I don't know. That's that's more detail than we need to get into right now. All right, last part of this uh, multi-part feature from Burge is Thanksgiving. He wants to let us know that he's drafting uh, Grandma Dorothy's stuffing, classic green bean casserole with crispy onions on top, and cro- copious volumes of Tuscan red wine, which honestly I feel like is a real wild card uh, and a controversial pick, Palmer. I, you know... No, not controversial at all. <laughs> this is his draft, so I hope he enjoys that. <laughs> wow, big big ten Thanksgiving from the Palmer the Palmer household. Uh Dan, Colin, any thoughts on this draft? Uh, Didn't we somebody took stuffing. Can you just can you subdivide stuffing like that? Can you say one person stuffing? Oh well I'm taking another person stuffing. I yeah, don't know. I, I I agree. That's it. He's he's trying to draft an ineligible player there. I don't know. I feel like Palmer made the rules on the draft and was uh, was very very uh, forgiving on these kind of splitting of, my, of categories. My first pick was uh, the Thanksgiving sandwich that has all of the all things the on it. So <laughs> technically, if I'd you like want to play take by all it. the other draft picks the next day, please. <laughs> yep. Yep. 
Um, all right. Great stuff, Birch. Incredible email. Um, soccerthread at gmail.com. And Dan, do we have a, a special announcement this week? Yeah, we, uh, you know, it's been a year. Uh, it's been a year. It's been a, t- it's been a tough year for a lot of us. Um, we're very happy to have had each other to continue doing this pod and to be able to hear from a lot of you who uh, write in, text in, tweet in. Um, and we thought, you know, maybe next week, wrap this year up, a little bit of holiday cheer. We should just open it up and let anybody join us on our Zoom that wants to. Anyone that's got a microphone and can record, maybe we can record and we'll just do a big old family pod. Uh, so hit us up if you're interested. You'll get the Zoom link. We're generally doing these at uh, 10 a.m. Pacific. So you do your own math on that one. <laughs> and uh, next Sunday, if, if, if you just want to get on and uh, shoot the shit a little bit. Uh, it's for everybody. This pod is for everybody. It's mostly for us, but it's also for everybody. <laughs> it could be for you too. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> for one week. Uh, so for let us week. know, and and you will get you will get the link. Come join us. Yep. Come complain about Mourinho to me with me. <laughs> <laughs> we we can talk about VAR. Uh, we can talk about Jurgen Klinsmann. We can talk about. Uh, <laughs> All the big hits. Rule changes. Bring bring your rule changes. I still got a lot. Bring your rule changes. Bring your rule changes. Trampolines. That's right. Uh, Soccerthread at gmail.com. And uh, give us your emails and let us know if you want to join us. You'll get the link. Uh, We're going to talk about Premier League. But first, I kind of wanted to touch on this uh, domestic or at least uh, North American CONCACAF news the real LAFC that's right LAFC are into the Champions League final for CONCACAF uh this kind of happened quietly I feel like but they uh beat the Liga MX champions Leon uh they sent a home Cruz Azul another big club uh they just this weekend knocked out Club America probably Mexico's one of Mexico's biggest clubs for sure uh and now they've got Tigres coming up in the final this is like fairly unprecedented for an American team. Uh, we've had teams in the Champions League final before, but I feel like they've gone through like just the draw has given them Honduran teams and stuff like that. And at least the quarters, maybe not the semis. This is uh, quite a run from LAFC, Mike. Do you, I mean, are you impressed by this? Is is this something we should care about? Is it big news? Uh, yeah. I mean, I think it is. I think LAFC are the first MLS team, maybe the first ever team in CONCACAF Champions League to knock out three Mexican teams in the same year. So that seems like a big deal. Um, and I mean, last night's game, you kind of like, uh, we, we didn't talk about just the, the shit they had to overcome for lack of a better word, where they got like uh, a kind of bogus red card on some, some play acting. Uh, so they're down a goal. They're down. Da- very very CONCACAF. I mean, Oh God. This was like the old chef's, rap, like, chef's kiss, Conca mm, Cafe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So they're they're yeah. down a man and a player uh, at halftime, and then Carlos Vela comes out and scores like two goals in ninety seconds, basically, uh, yeah. to start the second half, uh, and then they go on to win three one. Um, so yeah, I mean, this doesn't happen without Vela, who's an incredible player. Uh, but yeah, I think it's it's a big Yo, deal. Mexico, we got your best player. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> that's what uh, it was to me. And Club America ended up with nine men by the end of the game, and I did not see the highlights of those, but I assume they're just concacaf petulant. Like, one, maybe they're not. I one don't was know, just your, your classic studs-up tackle. I don't know about the other one. Oof. 
All right. Uh, Colin, are you impressed by LAFC? Absolutely. Is this, a, is this Absolutely. if they? How about this for a question? If they win Concacaf Champions League, is that bigger than winning MLS Cup this year? Ooh, is it bigger than winning MLS Cup this year? I mean, I think bigger it, achievement. Yes, it's. I think it's a bigger achievement. Yeah, I don't think. I don't know if like they'll care more or whatever things like that. Maybe they're. I, I don't, I'm not sure their fans will care more. Like I'm not an LAFC fan, but uh, is it a harder thing to do? Yes, absolutely. It's a harder thing to do. It's a bigger achievement, um, and I think that they have kind of uh, the perfect. Uh, the per- the perfect team to do it do it basically to beat these Mexican teams, um, whether they'll finish the job in the finals or not. Uh, you know, having Carlos Vela, absolutely is is part of that equation. But also having Bob Bradley, like having a very very experienced coach who's gone against these kind of teams and the Mexican national team, you know, many 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 times, um, and is not um, a transplant to this Concacafi shit he knows exactly what he's getting into every of one of those games um and can lead a team through it right so i think that's that tells you that it's not um it's not just like single elimination luck i think also like for palmer oh, i was just gonna add it's I, I imagine a big deal for vela especially if he knocks off all these huge mexican teams like he's had a pretty uh hot and cold relationship i think with mexican fans or, or fans of el tree um and so like for him to just go in and be like, Hey, I was probably have been the best player for the last decade or so. And, uh, you just never found out a way to use me and sucks for you. Yeah. Uh, Palmer, as a fan rank, which of these competitions from top to bottom, uh, are, you know, in this year, in this weird year, which are the most important you've got supporter shield, MLS cup, COVID cup and CONCACAF champions league. Well, I mean, the COVID cup is, going to be obviously the top because that's the, that's the only <laughs> that's the only competition that uh, doesn't come with an asterisk because everything else was just covid uh no i mean i think i i gotta say i i think that we have been talking about Concacaf champions league and like an mls team winning it as as something that the mls needs to shoot for to kind of solidify um the league uh, not that it's not solid now, but just like bring it into kind of more competitive, um, be able to kind of draw some more players uh, into the league as well. Um, so I think that this is a really, really important competition. Um, and I, I'm going to put this at the top of the list, uh, at least for this year. I think that this is probably the hardest competition. There's more teams. The talent is, is better. And the way that LAFC has done, has done it um, is insanely impressive, taking out Leon, Cruz Azul, Club America, and, and now possibly uh, Tigres. Like, that's, that's insane. And that's something to really kind of hang your hat on. So um, I'll definitely be rooting for LAFC here. I'm an LAFC fan right now. I like it. Uh, yeah, it'll be interesting. I mean, in Europe, probably if you gave a club the choice between winning the Champions League and their domestic league, they'd take the Champions League. We probably haven't really thought that here, but maybe it's just because the Champions League isn't a realistic goal for most MLS clubs most of the time. Um, 
But m- maybe if MLS can get better and kind of catch up to Liga MX, that uh, that kind of ranking where the CONCACAF Champions League is actually meaningful to the clubs, uh, the MLS clubs, maybe that'll follow Europe a little bit. Yeah, I like that theory. Yeah, or I'd like to know how the money uh, disparity works into this. Like, uh, are clubs getting... Like we we always talk about like that Champions League money, or we used to, used to at least like right. oh they need to get fourth to get that Champions League money, and if you go far in the Champions League, you're getting more money and blah blah blah. And I think that motivated a lot of European teams to be playing their best players on the Wednesday night, and then some backups on the in the domestic league. Sometimes um, I'm not sure that we're there for MLS, right? Like they play Concacaf Champions League early in the season and all this other kind of shit. I mean, this year you know it's kind of a mess, but uh, whether we'll get to that point also, like where pe- teams are like, well, we got to come to preseason camp two months early because we got yeah. Champions League and that has revenue or whatever. And like CONCACAF Champions League is definitely not a selling point for players in the same way that it is in yeah. Europe. Like where, where you'd say, oh, you know, these teams are about the same, but if I go to this team, uh, I'll be playing Champions, Champions League. League club. That's a big thing. And that's that's definitely not the case in MLS. But if it becomes more competitive and you see yeah, like more MLS be. clubs kind of uh, being more competitive in this in this uh, competition, then like maybe maybe that changes, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I just want to add that only one team has ever uh, won. One MLS team has, yeah, has yeah, won yeah, the yeah, CONCACAF yeah, Champions yeah, League yeah, by beating yeah. a Mexican team in the final, and that's DC United. So yeah, yeah. it's pretty impressive. What was that 1998? Yeah, ancient yeah, history. <laughs> Great year. It's like it's like Premier League stats. No one really pays attention. Yeah. To that. Yeah. Uh, speaking of the Premier League, Liverpool are top of the table. Uh, your preseason favorites. I think we all kind of thought that it would be a little easier for them, but um, you know, come Christmas time, the cream maybe is starting to rise. Liverpool top of the table after a two 0 win over uh, the Hotspur of Tottenham. Two one. Uh, there you go, uh, Palmer. And, and then seven zero. Did Mourinho, Mourinho nailed this? Yeah. yeah. Uh, true. All true. right. I've been waiting all pod. <laughs> Mourinho is a goddamn fraud, and I've been saying it all along. Uh, I don't under. I don't fucking understand this guy. I don't get it. So like. At the beginning of the season, we played open. We were counterattacking. It looked great. We were scoring goals in buckets. And then he just shuts a team down. Like, I don't understand this. I really don't understand it. And then he plays against Liverpool. And to be fair, they played the exact way that they wanted to play. They played negative football, but they played the exact way that they wanted to play. And I think they played pretty well. It was a really good game. Liverpool won. And Liverpool also played the exact tactics that they wanted to play. Uh, Mourinho says that the better team lost, which is bullshit. The better team won because guess what? They scored more goals than the other team. That's, That's how you win games. Yeah. That's how you win games. That's how you win champions or champions leagues. That's how you win fucking titles. Uh, you have to score more than the other team. So then he bitches about a uh, Klopp. He says that the better team won. And then on Saturday, Liverpool goes out and wins seven zero. On Saturday, right? Nice little statement. So you have to think, Leicester coming in, we got to kind of have a statement. And what does he do? Plays negative fucking football. And what happens? We give up a penalty at the last second in the in the first half, and then an, an, an own goal. 
We're not set up to score goals. We can't we can't change our tactics. Like I don't understand it. His his whole point is play not to lose. And it's it's just fucking it's terrible. It's not fun to watch. It sucks. Uh we have too much talent and it's just he just sits back, sits back, sits back. And it's like you're gonna you're gonna give up if you absorb so much pressure during a game, you're gonna give up goals. It's just gonna that's what's gonna happen. And we're giving up goals. It's kind of like he got confused about how you kill off a game when you're up and you're doing well and you can just, you know, kind of stop trying to score. But he projected that onto an entire season. But yeah. they're not even at 40 <laughs> points. I know. It's just they're so... They're at 25. Yeah, I just don't... Down. And the, the other thing about this team is that they're giving up goals in the 80th, 90th, and like stoppage time, right? So it's not like... Uh, so the goal that they gave up to Liverpool came in like the 92nd or the second minute of overtime uh, or extra time. Not extra time, sorry, stoppage. Um, but, you know, they just... But they also had two chances in the middle of the game um, that they didn't take, right? Like they hit... Uh, Bergdwine hit the post and Harry Kane scuffed a header that probably that would have put them ahead, right? Better teams, teams that win leagues... Score those chances, and but, guess but what? That's not Liverpool Jose's took fault. their chance. Liverpool but, took their chance. What, what I, I'm hearing from you saying is, "Hey, Jose set up his team in a way that if they had, if the players had done better, they would have won." That's okay. So that's 100 percent fair, right? So that's the but Liverpool game. You called him a fraud. He is a fucking fraud. The <laughs> Liverpool game. He he played the way he wanted to play in that Liverpool game. That's fine, right? Those tactics worked. They played a really good game. They didn't take their chances, and the better team won, but they played well. Both teams played well. It was a great game. The better team won because they took their chance. That's fine. I'm not saying I'm not complaining about that. To say that the the better team lost to Klopp is fucking bullshit. It's it's I'm heel. I'm the heel. I'm like whatever. I'm gonna take the uh, attention off my players. It's annoying. Fine. Yeah. But then to come out and play against Leicester, where you know you have to respond. You have to respond. And they play at home, and they just absorb pressure, absorb pressure, absorb pressure. There was zero, zero attacking mentality in this game, and it's just like, what do you? You want a point? You want a zero, zero draw in this game? You you can't afford to do that. It was, Paul, it's just own, bullshit. Let me let me ask you a question about this fraud. So, you uh, you concede that Liverpool is a better team than Spurs right now, right? I think that's yes. I think we all think Liverpool is the best team in the Premier League still, right? Yes, that's pretty easy. But then you got to be thinking, okay, where is Spurs? They're not first. They're not the best team in the Premier League. If you give them a, you know, a non-fraud manager, where are you a- asking them to finish in the Premier League this season? Um, are you, you, you're not asking them to finish first, but no. are you asking them to finish second, third, fourth, top four? Top, top four. Top four. Top four? I think so they're fourth? a top four club. You, you think you sure. think they should be fourth? Sure. So they're in fifth right now by a point. Mm-hmm. So you're you're saying he's a fraud because he's underachieved by a point? But I mean, I don't I it's it's hard to After watch. losing to the two best to number one and number two also. These yeah. these losses are not against West Brom and Sheffield United. That's yeah. true, but it's hard to watch, right? Like Yeah. It seems more I stylistic. I can't yeah. think of another I can't think of a time where Mourinho actually that's that's not true. I was texting with Burge this morning. I was like, when's the last time that Mourinho uh set up to win a game and he said united right united currently in third and we battered 
United battered them, right? So it's not like it, we have it in us. He just plays negative football. No, and it's. I, I mean, my point sucks. is just is my point is not that Mourinho is a enjoyable manager. <laughs> you're, you're managing your club. It's just that he's not a fraud. I mean, he plays a yeah, style okay, that sucks to watch. Whatever. That's fair. His, but like, his, he is committed to shitty football. So I guess, yeah. and he, and he's told us, I'm going to play shitty football. Yeah. And yet, for some reason, maybe we're frauds because we think he's a good fucking manager, and he isn't. I mean, I think he's a fine manager, but like yeah. when someone tells you exactly who they are, believe them. Like he is, yeah. he is that guy. Like, I fine. mean, okay, as, that's who he is. As American is football coach Denny was. Green said, yeah. he is who we thought he was. He is. You want to crown his ass and crown him. <laughs> do, I really think I he's just it. a guy trying to do his uh, his job as best he can, and some days he's not so good at his job. And why are we upset at him? <laughs> uh, yeah, he's fallible. You're right. He's human. <laughs> he's just a human. He's just like us. <laughs> yeah, he may be a special one, but it's just a he's just oh, a special human. God, I need to go get on my bike again. Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> um, at least we're not Arsenal. Everton. Everton knock off the mighty Arsenal this week. Colin, we, we've got to let you talk about your boys. I mean, Arsenal are on track for 38 points. They're probably going down. Uh, <laughs> so I don't know what we're talking about really here. But yeah, I mean, Yeri Mina has scored, I think, five goals now in between the 45th minute, 43rd minute and the end of the first half. Something like that in his Everton career. He's like, his, all his five goals are always at the end of the half. I love that. I love a weird stat like that. Uh from Yerald. We're playing four center backs at this t- right now. We have our left back, Luca Dean, who's probably our best player, is has been out, and we've been playing Ben Godfrey there out of position. He's looked great. Um so you know, I think uh we're really papering over the cracks right now. No James, and yet we get nine points out of what was it, Arsenal, Leicester, and Chelsea. We win all three of those games, um, all of them by one goal apiece. So I think, uh, you know, some fortunate bounces going our way in those, but uh, I will fucking take it. Uh, being fourth in the table for me, unlike Palmer, uh, you know, who's in fifth and hating it, I'm in fourth. We're in fourth and loving life. <laughs> Where does um, Carlo rank in future baby names for you? Mm, up there. He's definitely up there, but, you know, it's only been uh, half a season or whatever of, of, of glory and joy. Um, no oh, hibbo. Yeah, I, I still have uh, Roberto, probably for Roberto Martinez. Wow. Slightly above him. Wow. I mean, Roberto, we had a, a whole year of, of uh, joy and uh, fun that uh, Lukaku and Ross Barkley kind of era. So let's finish this one out before we go get ahead of ourselves with Carlo. like that. Um, Mike, as a, the, the most neutral to this question that we have on the pod besides myself, but I've gonna ask it of you uh would you rather see everton win the league or arsenal go down <laughs> palmer and colin obviously are both Great. uh heavily biased Great question. Question. first of all Great that's question. an incredible question um okay if i did not have any friends who were fans of these clubs my answer would be i'd want to see arsenal go down but <laughs> but 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 cheer for failure um but I know that would really hurt a lot of people who I, I care for dearly. And I would absolutely love to see Colin walking around with no shirt for, you know, six to 12 months. Yeah, uh, 365 days. If, if Everton yeah. wins the league. So 
I've got to go Everton winning the league, but just a full year of me doing zoom calls with no camera on at work because I can't put a shirt on for a year. Yep. So it's still not working. Sorry, uh, Frank. Yeah. Camera's still busted. <laughs> also, I'd like to point out that Mike is wearing an Everton Christmas sweater right now uh, as he answers this question about how neutral he is. It's true. Uh, it's enough. true. I was, uh, I don't, I don't know what prompted this, but at some point in the last couple of days, my wife said, don't you have a Christmas sweater? And uh, and she was right. Colin got this for me, and um, it looks good. I got a compliment on it today. Nice, nice. Dan, what is okay, your, so what is your answer? Bar, probably Arsenal to go down because it's <laughs> it's more it's more chaos. Like Everton winning, we've seen Leicester win out of nowhere, but like Arsenal going down would be Amazing. kind of like British soccer shattering in a way that you know. Everton yeah. winning wouldn't exactly be. Uh, and, you know, shenanigans, chaos, drama. Uh, that's what I want. It, it's actually disappointing Arsenal, to me that Arsenal... Arsenal in the championship? It'd be amazing. Good. They they would play more games in the championship at uh, the Emirates than they ever played at Highbury. Um, <laughs> that's right. It's actually disappointing to me how bad Arsenal have been that they're still four points from safety. I think there needs to be some kind of weighted element to this. Yeah, that's, that's all I got. There's been, there's been a lot of disappointment uh, for me re- recently of like, what was the game today? Brighton and Sheffield United, I think. And they drew. And I'm like, just somebody win that so you can catch up to Arsenal. Right. Just get W's out of here. These draws are killing me. Yep. Sheffield on a, a monstrous two points. <laughs> Palmer, do you think that Arsenal are actually legit- legitimately in danger of relegation? Or are they going uh, I mean, to revert to the mean? They are really bad they are really really bad um i do wonder like you know the what is it trapatoni the quote is that the 40 yes. percent yes. right i i wonder how much this uh how much this like applies here because um they're bad they don't score i just wonder you know mikel arteta's you know came up under pep uh I can't imagine he's that bad of a manager. Is he just like, do they just not believe in him? Like, I don't know. I would love, uh, I would just, I would love to see them. They're just it's really true. bad. They give up goals. They, they just, there's no, uh, there's no creativity in the team. They don't score goals. Aubameyang is hurt and he might be out for a while. Um, it's just, it's not good. It's not good. And, uh, Sam Allardyce just got picked up by West Brom, so <laughs> he's uh, not available. <laughs> <laughs> Disaster for Arsenal. Uh, I mean, no, I mean, so I think Arsenal against Everton. To be serious about that game, uh, they were so uh, in the second half they didn't have a shot on target until the 95th minute, chasing the game the whole time. Mm-hmm. Uh, and Everton not that great defensively either. Like whatever, they just like didn't care. Willian is nothing. He is mm-hmm. a shell of a player. And the fact that they have Mesut Ozil not even in their Premier League squad right. is kind of crazy, right? Like, he would give you something. I'm not I'm not saying he's the actual answer to your problems and now you'd be a top six team or whatever the ambition is, but he would give you something when these guys are just, like, giving you just nothing. So the fact that he's not even available for selection is got to be an indictment on Arteta on some level. Mm-hmm. It- um it pains me to say this, but shout out to Arsene Wenger. 
Uh, <laughs> just he, wow. I guess he kind of knew what he was doing, even even towards the end there when he was going crazy. <laughs> I think the whole uh, Ozil thing is hilarious to me because it's like Arsenal thought that they could throw their weight around and be a big club, and like they didn't need this superstar to be fine, and mm. it's just like completely wrong. Like this is just a win for Mesut Ozil, a hundred percent. Oh God. Do you think? Do you think he, nobody wants to see Arsenal go down more oh, than yeah. Mesut Ozil? Do you, do you think he and like uh, Wenger are like watching games together, and just they're definitely like... on the text thread. <laughs> yeah. We got the WhatsApp is uh, it's encrypted. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, that's so good. All right, uh, we're long. It's it's the usual. We're long. So let's wrap it up. Uh, reminder: if you want to join for a little chat next week, let us know. Um, I think what we should do is uh, one topic for next week, end of year awards. So if you want to get on and make up an award that you want to give out, bring that with you. Uh, Or, you know, if you have ideas for awards that you want us to brainstorm on, let us know ahead of time. And and we'll do an end of year awards show next uh, next week with anyone who wants to jump on it. Um, If you want to test your audio ahead of time, you know how bad we are at audio and we've done 214 of these. So... Maybe give it a quick test run. Uh, otherwise, we'll figure it out. Cliff's a magician. A lot of those uh, 214 so, uh, have even been released. <laughs> 212 of them so far. Uh, so we will uh, we'll do that. It'll be awesome. Soccerthread at gmail.com, at soccerthread on Twitter. Uh, that's it, I think. <laughs> I'm, I'm trying to picture Cliff lining up a hundred different oh my god he will not be editing that pod so i'm sorry i'm sorry cliff thank you cliff we love you you, cliff Cliff. thanks cliff thanks cliff bye guys see how this goes there's a lot here a lot here it's definitely things that we can uh address lightly yeah that's true um before we should probably not hash this out live should we just invite everybody to podcast with us next week because why the hell not (laughs) i mean oh the burst thing yeah but then just like open it up be like look if you want the Zoom link at 10, 12, or 1 p.m. next Sunday, let us know. Everybody's in. I fucking love that. <laughs> sure. I mean, terrible, yeah. That'll be a terrible pod. I mean, it, but it won't I be a pod because it. not everyone's going to be able to like record things, but we could just right. do like a, a family Zoom call. I but, love it. I would love it. I mean, and, some people can record. And Raymond logs on. If you on? can't record, then you just... You what? Raymond logs on. Pedro logs on. That'd be I mean, great. Anyone. That'd be yeah. amazing. That'd be amazing. That would be great. Yeah, let's do it. 
Or we can always okay. we can always uh do like a family Zoom call for whatever half an hour or something, and then do a real pod or the That's other way true. around. Yeah. Whatever. Yeah. yeah. I love right. it. I like it. I love it. I don't like it. I love it. <laughs> I woke up at six o'clock to watch Spurs absolutely just capitulate and fucking. Actually, no, not even capitulation. They just did what Mourinho asked them to do, which uh, is stupid. Look at that toboggan. Oh, man. That is like some 1960s stuff. Fucking L.L. Bean toboggan. Rosebud. You have a mic, Mike? I, I, uh, no, I don't. This is is a phone. Uh, I. Okay, I thought just the, the way that it was. Like those old timey Price is Right mics. Yeah, Price is Right. <laughs> don't, don't tell Cliff. It sucks. Yeah, some wildly old man stuff right there. Let's just be like, I don't know where my phone is. It must be at the new house. Every, like literally every day. Every day is a bad day at work. How are you so bad at this? You know, using a plate, a hamburger as a plate. It, it's innovative. I wouldn't say it's bonkers. Oh, I got to start drinking now. Oh, Jesus. Shenanigans, though. Get non-union refs, mic them up. Yeah, 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 yeah. He is a fucking fraud. He is. He is a fucking fraud.